What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Panthers Nation Network. How are you all doing? I know we are all sitting here just kind of waiting for something to go. We were in that dead, that dead zone, that no man's land, waiting for free agency to start, waiting for everything, just anything to be heard after the quarterback carousel and just the player carousel has, you know, took off in the last few weeks. Now we're hitting that kind of quiet zone. So I know it could be the calm before the storm. I don't know what y'all are thinking about. I just know I'm, I'm antsy, but I'm, I'm always antsy when it comes to football. Man, you know, we right there. We're right there with drafts in April this year. Yeah. So I mean, we we just kind of we just kind of waiting. I mean, you know, February. I mean, by the time this episode comes out, we'll be in March. So I mean, well, I mean, we're, we're, we're a month away from more headlines coming. Hopefully, Deshaun Watson can go ahead and get down and you know, get his ass up out of Houston. You know, something. Something happen. Yeah, you know, these next two months are really uh, going to be a lot of craziness. This is the calm before the storm because um, we see like this offseason, there's going to be so many quarterbacks on the on the move. And that's that sets it up for a really interesting offseason, not uh, let alone mention we're in the market for a quarterback. And, um, you know, obviously we're probably a top two team in the Sean Watson talks right now, which as crazy as that sounds, you know, we're us being in talks with a, you know, a, blue chip player that I mean, that's something that we can't really say we've we've experienced a lot as panthers fans so i'm um, looking forward to it uh free agency starts and when you guys are hearing this it'll be march 17 so about 17 days and that a lot of dominoes will fall, start falling then so i'm excited to see what happens yeah, it is time for you know all these pieces to kind of come in place, and we've just seen a lot of just and just this is where you get a lot of speculation, and some of the speculation is good, some of it is ridiculous. There's some tweet. I mean, I think it was Peter Schrager. I normally always agree with Peter Schrager. I think he's one of the best analysts out there. You know, in terms of when like he's just more reasonable than most. But he when he put out his his draft or his trade prediction for the Panthers to get to Sean Watson, I think it was it was Teddy, it was Robbie, it was McCaffrey. I think it was Burns, mm -hmm. and it was two draft picks. Come on, dude. That's that's the entire team. No one's ever gonna. No one's gonna do that, Trey. Well, like, you don't think that's gonna happen? And his thing, though, I was, you know, in that deal, I'm more than willing to get rid of Robbie and Teddy and Christian. I'm just not touching Brian Burns. Yeah, I mean, like, that's where I that's where I draw the line at. Because I mean, you you just go look at the, you just go look at the type of Brian Burns, man. This guy, he is. I think people understand how special he is. I think, and, and they and they didn't understand it this year because he didn't make the Pro Bowl. And I think that's really only because you know we were five and eleven. Kind on small market. If you and if we don't and not having like a star on that team that brings that attention, like McCaffrey didn't play this year, so you're not having that that superstar that draws that attention. You don't notice that he's that good over there. No, I definitely understand. Mm -hmm. I agree with that. Now, I, I'd be interested. What do you think about Robbie? Because for me, I think there's we haven't seen Robbie's full potential with the Panthers yet. I think we saw sparks of it in in New in New York and sparks of it last year. But you think about the scenario, you know, not a full offseason, new, uh, you know, new offensive coordinator, new system, and he's still got to play, you know, and Teddy didn't always kind of, you know, spread the love around. Um, he kind of found where he liked to, but I think you saw flashes of Robbie and I think he has that competitive drive and I think he wants to be, he, he likes the area now. I think he was kind of burnt out in New York. I think he's ready to get going this next year. So I, I would might be a little bit hesitant to trade away Robbie just because I know I'm fairly certain we're going to lose Curtis. So I would just like to keep the two of them together. I don't know what your thoughts are about that, though. Yeah, I don't think uh, Robbie's going anywhere because for us, you know, I'm, you know, I'm pretty confident we're going to lose, lose Curtis. And the whole allure with bringing Deshaun in is that we already have this offense that he can step into and it's going to be, you know, easy transition and we're going to have so many weapons for him. So now we don't re-sign Curtis. We trade Robbie. Now we just got DJ and we're back to square one. So it's like, then we got to build up again. And uh, for Houston, I don't really know what would be in that with Robbie Anderson. You know, uh, you, you got to start over. 
you know, a veteran guy on a contract that's pretty big and you're not really in a position to win now. I can see them wanting to go for, you know, McCaffrey. That would that would be fine. I could see them wanting Brian Burns. Um, but, you know, Robbie for them is probably going to be valued a little bit less than other teams would. So I don't think Robbie's going anywhere. And um, the thing, like, people we got to understand is, you know, Deshaun's going to – he's going to cost a pretty penny, and it's not going to – it might not look great up on paper right away. Um, but after we see the trade, if we're if we, if it actually happens, it might look a little bit lopsided, but we all, we got to remember if it does happen, you know, he is a top – top 10, top five quarterback in the league that is pretty much going to guarantee you a playoff berth every season just in, just in himself. Yeah, I, I mean, I have seen, you know, a lot of the reports saying that the Panthers are willing to do anything to get that, and that scares me a little bit. We've never been in that scenario before. I've never heard us say we're going to do anything to get that other than, you know, Cam saying everyone should go celibate to try to win the Super Bowl. That's the last time they've gone to do anything to, to, to achieve something. And so I – I'm a little hesitant of that, not because I know it's going to be lopsided either way, and I'm okay. I'm, I'm prepared for that, but there gets to be a point where, like, you can't put all your, like we said, like you can't put all your eggs in one basket. I mean, that's a pretty good basket to do so, but you do still have to, like you talked about. It. I mean, and that's why I was afraid with Robbie because if we give Robbie up and we give, and we lose Curtis, then yeah, you're right. We're back to Cam, you know, that's having to play against the Saints with freaking, you know. I can't, I can't, I can't remember their name, Kalen Clay and yeah, Russell Shepard and all those guys that right. couldn't even catch a pass. So, <laughs> Shep, Shep, hey, look, man, Shep in the Burson Law Firm. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and uh, that was painful to watch because that was, again, one of the years Cam balled out in that playoff game. And of course, we couldn't give, give him any help at all. And then you get some, but then you get some good speculation. Like there was Mike Clay out of ESPN, and he had some, you know, he was predicting just some of the uh, the landing spots for some of the bigger uh, free agencies and maybe some of the bigger trades here in the area, uh, and just in the NFL. So he's talking Allen Robinson to Indiana. I'd be good for them. At, at, mm -hmm. I mean, if they could keep Ty Hilton too, that that would make that would give them some offensive oh, firepower yeah. right there. Um, then you had Corey Davis to Chicago. I don't really know what they're. I mean what their desire is there. That don't really change much, I don't believe. No, that really doesn't change much other than they might just pay him more than the Titans are going to pay him because the Titans aren't going to pay him that much at all. I mean, he got worse yeah. if you go from Corey Davis. If you go from yeah. Allen Robinson to Corey Davis, you got worse. Yeah, I mean, that's you're going – well, that's just two different types of receivers. I think Corey Davis has potential, but he was kind of – he's on, he's really like – like him and Curtis have had very similar careers in terms of they were drafted around the same time, same kind of skill set, same kind of, you know – ceiling and abilities that they were looking for um i mean the titans didn't entirely utilize them as much because they were more of a running team and then of course mm -hmm. when you had aj that's that's where everything's going you're gonna go to aj so Corey, i think has potential um I, I, so. I mean i don't think i don't see it working in in like if we were to lose curtis and he was available that might be if we could pay him less i wouldn't be upset with that um but that is a downgrade now they did say and he also said uh he said trey lance to houston i mean and you, you, you. They both work for us. That means that means something <laughs> happened. Yeah, that that means that that well, that means something happens because here's what it says. You know, for uh, it, it's coming up. Then it says Deshaun Watson and Johnny Smith to Carolina. I, I would love that. That'd be perfect. I don't know how we get Johnny Smith. I mean, people don't. If you don't, I mean, that's a Titans tight end. He was one of the top tight ends this year, especially in fantasy production, and just he was a big red zone threat. That would provide some. He's a younger guy, but he's coming into his own there. He still was, you know, a threat in that mm -hmm. offense for the Titans, like we know already has AJ Brown, Derrick Henry, and some other bigger weapons. And of course, that gives us to Sean Watson. So I'm perfectly fine with that. Um, then it has. I mean, I'm really. Then there's the there's Jacksonville getting Lawrence, Hunter Henry, James White, and Sammy Watkins. I mean, that's a lot. Yeah. That's what they need if they're going to try. That's like trying to build a Patriots offense right there. Is what I'm seeing in that right. in that regard. And then lastly, has Curtis Samuel and uh, Rashad Bateman going to Tennessee. And I think Curtis Samuel would do really, really well in Tennessee. Oh yeah, I think yeah. that 
I think he opens that offense up if he goes to Tennessee. I think a lot of what Corey Davis does, Corey Davis is a, a bigger guy. I mean, he's he is he is fast, but he's not he's not as shifty as um as a, as a Curtis Samuel. I think it allows you. I think it allows for more creativity in that offense than 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 there is right now. I mean, right now that offense is, is simple. And we hang, man, fan love. man, run left, run right, run up the middle. Look, I mean, AJ Brown open and eh, throw it down the field to him. Let's see what happens. You know, what I'm saying? I think I think Curtis Samuel has like a lot more variety. Rashad Bateman reportedly ran a four three eight at the Exos Combine. Oh my word! Yeah. So <laughs> you talking about that? I mean, that's that's a whole face up of the offense adding speed and agility to a position where you really didn't have AJ Brown. As AJ Brown's like more like a like a TO type of receiver. It's kind of like, yeah. kind of kind of strict to the point. Not 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 much. I mean, I ain't gonna say I ain't gonna say not much, but it's like. He's not, he's not the new type of receiver that's just like this really like explosive and you know one like one move and done and, and, we, and we out the gate you know so and you can see the power but no like especially if they were to use Curtis like the Panthers did this year and kind of make him as like a backup like a running back back there put him in some spot you put Derek out at Wildcat and have him and Curtis together I mean, that could that could be dirty there I would love I mean we just y'all know we're a little bit part or at least I'm a little bit partial to the Titans so I would like to see if he's gonna go anywhere I'd like to see him go to Tennessee. Mm-hmm. And then again, you've got so we had some good, we had some bad, then we had some ugly. Here's some ugly, and it's from um, uh, someone at Bleacher Report who, who our, our, our boy Ian said needs to be fired over this one. And I think he's right, saying the Dolphins would receive Christian McCaffrey, and we would receive Miles Gaskin, the number 18 pick, a 2020 second round pick, and a 2021 second round pick. I'm not even. I'm, I'm not even. Look, I'm not even entertaining that thought. Uh, it. I. I just don't know what we do. I mean, I, I mean, it's, I guess it depends on what we. I guess, I guess it depends on what happened prior to that. Like, what, like, did we trade the eight pick away already? Do we have the? If we don't have, if we have the eight pick and we trade, I'm not trading away from McCaffrey if we still have the eight pick. Yeah. No point. This is nothing gained. I mean, it's some draft capital, but I mean, uh, I don't need it. Yeah, I don't really see why. I don't. I just don't see why. <laughs> I mean, I guess if you, it depends on how you view Miles Gaskin, but I don't. That's not anything that's gonna. I'm not gonna, you know, bring home, and I'm not gonna, you know, talk about. Yeah, it's gonna get me excited at the at the water cooler. I, I mean, like, I mean, shit. I mean, I, I mean you throwing in Xavier and Howard too. Like, I mean, <laughs> now that now we have a conversation. <laughs> like, all right, all right, so not, not, now we talking. I mean, we need a corner. All right, well, now, now we can talk about. Miles Gaskin for Miles Gaskin straight up. I man, I ain't gonna lie, I sat somebody for that, bro. Miles Gaskin straight up for Christian McCaffrey, bro. Y'all playing with me now? Exactly. I mean, then the traffic's don't do anything unless we've given up all of our draft picks for Deshaun anyway. Exactly. But so this is what we're kind of breaking out the main discussion here, and this is what we're trying to figure out because it's kind of, I mean, Panthers Twitter and Panthers fan base in general is always split. It's always a war against each other. They can never agree on anything. So you've got right now the dichotomy of those who want to build success in the draft and say, just draft a quarterback. You don't need to get Deshaun. You don't need to go all out for him. Just draft your quarterback, build your team up from there. You know, you've got young guys, you can do so. Then there are those who are a little bit more wary about the quarterback class in this draft specifically and would rather go all out to get an MVP caliber guy into Sean Watson that would you know pr- that would boost you up in the short term and so we're we're that's what we're going to discuss today is because there is I mean it's always tough you're kind of damned if you you're damned if you damned if you don't on either side of the of the of the plate because yes you can build obviously success in the draft but going for a big guy like this and free agency could really boost your team up I know I myself am partial to Sean Watson but I know there's the logic around either or. So what I, what are y'all's thoughts in terms of where we sit right now? Tyler. I, 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 I want to hit Tyler's answer first. 
Yeah, um, it's got to be it's got to be reasonable to make the Watson trade. That's got to be the first and foremost thing. You know, it's, Federer comes across already as a very aggressive, and I think Tepper likes that. I think that kind of goes with the whole culture and attitude of you know Matt Rule and the rest of the coaching staff. So I think that fits in pretty well. So they're going to go after Watson. I think. Um, my question is, are, I don't know if we're going to be able to outbid the Dolphins for him because if they want him just as much as us or more, they're going to beat us out no matter what. They have way more capital, especially when it comes to draft picks, which are way more easily tradable, um, in, especially in blockbuster trades like this because you trade a draft pick and there's no dead money. You trade Christian McCaffrey or Brian Burns, it gets a little bit more complicated uh, salary cap-wise. So, um, you know, we've, we've seen a lot of different trade offers, especially with these young defensive players that we have. And I think all of us kind of cringe a little bit when we see them and we don't get we're not as excited, even though it is Deshaun Watson. We're not as excited because, you know, we, what we built on last season and how we kind of called this last season a building year. It's kind of all thrown out the window if we trade away a guy like a Derrick Brown, Jeremy Chin or even a Brian Burns. Um, so I'm, so that's where I'm looking at for the Watson trade. But I do, we do have to understand that it's going to take multiple firsts and it's going to set us back, you know, overall capital but we do get a you know franchise quarterback so um so you know free agency there's not going to be any quarterbacks that we should really consider in my opinion um because at that point you're kind of making a lateral move or a slight upgrade like you know if you brought in somebody like a trubisky uh compared to teddy um so so i'm not that's not really where my thinking gets at. So that so then if we don't get Deshaun Watson, which I think is most likely um that we end up selecting somebody in the draft with the eighth pick. Um you know, I've, I recently finished doing my quarterback evaluations. Uh, Trevor Lawrence is going first overall, so we don't have to worry about that. And um, so so from there, you know, the Jets at two, it's looking like Zach Wilson or, I mean, maybe Justin Fields, probably Zach Wilson. So at eight overall, I'm okay with Trey Lance. Um, I think, you know, if we do it, uh, we should if they like him, we should take him at eight. I don't think Trey Lance is worth trading up for, but I would trade up for Fields or Wilson. So, yeah. and not, and not to, not to interrupt, but so where do you, where is Fields? So in your opinion, where is Fields projected to go? Because I saw some people say Atlanta, but Atlanta hasn't really, you know, Atlanta's they haven't made any moves or said anything about what they're gonna do with Matt Ryan. If, I mean, if they haven't no, they haven't like been one way or the other. They they seem like they're gonna stick with 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 their guy. Matt and Julio and just roll with that. But where, where would Justin Fields be projected to go? Yeah, so I, th I think that's the next spot of where a quarterback could end up. You know, three is kind of wide open because if they get Watson, that, that could be the Texans pick. Again, it's, it was actually originally theirs. It could be back to them. They could trade out. That could be another quarterback hot spot at three. But right now looking at four with Atlanta, that looks to be where the third quarterback is going to come off the board. And, you know, for them, I think – you're not going to be picking a top five all that often. Um, it's just no matter how bad you are, it's kind of rare. It's kind of hard. We saw it with the Jets and Jags this year. It's it's tough to get the first overall pick. And, you know, for a new GM, kind of like us with them is, you know, I think they're going to start Matt Ryan this year. But if they can, you know, get their guy um, for the future, I think they'll do it. I think – so it's their head coach um, from the Titans – offensive coordinator he uh we were just talking about the titans offense a lot of running a lot of you know setting up the play action i think trey lance would be really good in that system so i could see them leaning towards trey lance over justin fields in that situation i personally wouldn't do it because you know justin fields has the atlanta ties from around that area so i could see both both uh ways but um you know for the panthers i think fields and lance aren't that aren't that far apart 
I don't think they are. So, so if you're sitting at eight and Lance is there and you like him, you got to take him. But as we've seen in the past, you know, trading up for quarterbacks is, you know, something teams do. You know, a lot of teams, except for the Redskins when they took uh, Haskins, most teams will trade up and go get their guy if they want him. So I'll be interested to see how they manage that and, you know, what they think about these quarterbacks. Yeah. Well, I know for me, wait, wait, wait. I've, I've gotten to the point where I'm just not willing to – if it comes to giving up young defensive players, I'm not willing to make the move. It's, it's, it's not it's not worth it. It was too much progress made for a team that, you know, like I said, I gave, you know, Phil Snow a lot of trouble for what we, what was going on defense early on in the year. And, and I didn't see – I mean, I, I mean, obviously I knew we had, to, we had we were young and we had to grow, but I didn't think the, the growth would be this exponential. I didn't know how good Jeremy Chen would be. He turned into a guy that, that can make a, a huge impact on any defense around the league. Brian Burns, obviously, he, his rookie year, he was dominant. His, his second year, even more dominant. Derrick Brown showed he was solid in the interior of that defensive line. I just don't, I don't see any benefit to – I mean, obviously, the benefit is getting a quarterback. But like you said like you said before, Jack, if we go get the quarterback and we give up all of, the, all of this capital and all of these pieces, where are we at now? We're kind of back where the – we're in the same position the Texans were in with Deshaun Watson, and, and we don't have any draft capital to even move up and, and grab anybody. So I'm, I'm leaning more towards the draft at this point because – and I know I, I know I've, I've voiced my opinion on how willing I am to get rid of Christian McCaffrey, but I do I do like Christian. I, I love him and what he brings, and I think for a for a younger quarterback, let's say like a Justin Fields or a Trey Lance, because those are the two guys I, I feel like we're in the best position to grab. Yeah, I think I think we can I think we can pass up our, our, our young quarterback for for a long time before we before we ever had to really see whether he could just take over and lead. I think we have enough weapons. Of with you know with Robbie with DJ and if we have to draft a receiver to replace Curtis it's fine but I think if we if, if it's just Robbie DJ and, and Christian McCaffrey we that is a well enough skill position group to take care of any quarterback I mean it's a it's a it's a, it's a group that I thought would have made Teddy Bridgewater better but obviously the offensive line wasn't as great so it, you know but it, his style of play also didn't fit what we were trying to do I mean like 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 uh Tyler said Trey Lance is more of a Play action, drop back type style of quarterback. So I could see him, like, uh, so I I can see him going, like you said, to to um Atlanta where where, where they hired ten, uh, one of Tennessee's coaches, and that's where the type of system that he came from. Justin Fields, on the other hand, I can see fitting more with Carolina because it fits what this offense is and what what it should and what it should have been. Like you know, it, it, it's more of a shotgun drop back spread style offense, which would fit, I think, what Joe Brady would want to do and what and with the weapons that we have. So I mean, I'm all for. Is going in and getting quarterback. I believe either one would be fine for Carolina. I, I, I like I like Trey. I'm I've started to fall more in love with Trey Lance as the pro as the process has gone on, and I'm starting to hear more things about him that that I like. I've I've heard things that I've heard you know knocks on Justin Fields, which the main knock on him was his it was just his how he goes through his, his progressions. But I'm, it's not enough for me to move off of him. I'm still a big fan of him. So all in all, I'm big on just going in. I'm big on keeping the guys that we have and going in on the draft. Yeah, I think, like you said, there's a lot to kind of dissect when you get into this offseason. And I think I, that's, I've never really, you know, built into the hype that, you know, I know th that the Texans want, you know, defensive picks and obviously they are defensive players. And they, I think they knew that 
JJ was kind of be out the door. I think they knew that. I saw that coming, uh, you know, coming up. But if you look, I mean, that would go against everything that the Panther, that Matt Rule has tried to instill because he goes, I mean, if he knew, and I think he knew that Cam was not the guy and he knew he was going to move different in quarterback. And if he really truly wanted a quarterback over defensive players, I think he would have made some of those picks in that last draft where you had to, you had Hurts, you had guys that you could have in the later round or, you know, in later the first and second round could have picked up. And if he wanted to do that, I think he would have. So to go all that way and get all those defensive players to build that young defense last year, I don't think he would go ahead and trade away those guys, even with it. Or I don't think he would trade away either of them coming in because you're right, Brian Burns and, and Jeremy Channing, These, I mean, we've talked about like the defense established itself this year and it's very young. It's the youngest defense we've ever had and has a lot of room to grow. And it's, but it still needs that depth. You mm-hmm. know, when you've got Trey leaving, you've got, you know, you've got Trey, Trey gone, you've got KK gone. It still needs that depth. And with KK, I think, I think KK, we might see maybe get restructured. I think he likes Carolina and might want to come back and do. I hope, he, I hope he does. I hope so too. And I think the signing of Terrence Knighton really, really helps to facilitate that. And I think also will be a huge, um, a huge get for Derek Brown. I think that's a huge, you know, leadership thing for Derek Brown that can help him mature a lot just because, you know, mm-hmm. that guy's been there before and he's, you know, been in these scenarios. I mean, you, you could argue what his, you know, professional career was like, but I mean, that doesn't always sway to how your coaching career is going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think they're not going to go as far as to trade away defensive players to get Watson. When you look at, when it talks about being outbid by the Dolphins, I think you have to look and figure out where they think they are. Because, I mean, Tua, yeah, well, he was going kind of, it wasn't even because he was, you know, injured the entire year for the most part. He did start really late, but then they're just kind of going back and forth with Fitzpatrick. And so their defense is one of the best in the NFL. Their offense still leaves a little bit to be desired. So I don't know if they think they have the weapons to facilitate, you know, even if Deshaun were to come in, even if that it's getting, you know, propel them as much as it could. So, I, I mean, obviously they're going to make, you know, you know, they're going to try to get for them. I just don't know what they're willing to get on their end as well. Um, because I imagine they'd have to give up some of the defensive players. And I can't imagine Howard not being in the conversation there along with Tua. And then, you know, you just got, I mean, so there's a lot there. Then you talk about Atlanta. I think Atlanta is going to get a quarterback regardless. I think like you were talking about, I mean, they, they know Matt's not going to be their guy for the next three years. So yeah. it makes, it's like the kind of the Jordan love thing. While Rogers has, has a bit more, I think left with the Packers, you got to get your guy for the future. And this is a good, and this is a great, and that, that's the thing. This is a great class to get your guy for like three years from now is the problem. Yeah. Cause there's a lot of guys that have a lot of upside here. They just need a little bit more in my mind, need a little bit more time and not necessarily because mm-hmm. of their talent, but just because of the season that they had to play in with COVID and everything. It was all kind of, I mean, Trey Lance is the epitome of that. I think he is a, I, I still am just so iffy on him just because, I mean, even the tape we have seen, there's still just so little tape of it. If that yeah. may, especially, especially recent tape. So that's where I like, that's why I think, you know, getting your guy for the future is huge here. Panthers don't have, we're not in that spot. We can't keep Teddy for that. I've said, we, you know, we have that extra contract, but obviously when you, when you have your coach say that, and evaluate Teddy and say he's not physically where they want him to be. Boy, but they, that was the guy that you – like that's he was physically ready enough last year when you said Cam wasn't, you know, they all there physically. What are you doing there? Man, look, I, I keep saying this. They have the worst PR I have seen from an ownership and coach perspective. Bro, you don't have – look, we know, but damn, bro. Don't say it. Say <laughs> Like we don't need we we know it. We don't need you to tell us because it's only it's not going to make it. We don't like being right. Well, then, we don't like. And then it then it, it screws you when you try to go into trade talk because okay. Well, now why the hell would you say that, bro? Because yeah, because now we just heard that they were talking to people about trading Teddy. Well, why the hell Which, would you say? Well, why the hell would you say he ain't physically capable? 
well, it's the same thing they did with Cam. They're like, okay, we're going to try. And then they just blew Cam to the game. Like, yeah, we're going to get rid of Cam. We don't want him. And you sign Teddy and you know, okay, now no deal is going to get done with Cam. They've done this time in and time out. So it's just, it, for me, it comes down to where you think you, I mean, with, we talk about, you know, this different sides of teams building success, you know, through the draft or three agency. If you look at the Panthers in the past, I mean, obviously, if we're looking at free agents and the, and the Panthers, I mean, the names that come to mind are few and far between, but some have had, you know, in, impact. We've got guys like Jake DeLone, Sam Mills. You can argue John Casey if you if you value kickers at that point. Steve Berline, Greg Olson, you know, these guys that we signed specifically for, you know, that we didn't – that we wanted to get. But that's a, a, small, a lot smaller list than you go to the draft. Because in the draft, I mean, every freaking, you know, top guy that you have, Cam's, you know, McCaffrey, Deshaun, even, you know, like Steve Smith, Mr. Muhammad, Jonathan Stewart, Williams, Deshaun Foster, Trey Turner, Ryan Khalil, Gross, Julius Peppers. I mean, the list goes on and on of the guys we've been able to get in the draft. So it all just kind of boils down to where you think you find your success and just where you also think these picks are going to go. Because, I mean – they were about, I'd say, 40% hitting the nail on the head for this last draft. Obviously, it was a bit different again with COVID. But, I mean, when you talk – I mean, Bravey and Roy kind of fell in towards the end of the, later in the year, and you don't really expect your five, six, and seven guys to do that much anyway. Mm-hmm. We talked about Uter. I mean, you can't really put that on Uter. He was kind of injured for the most yeah. of the year. And he had impact. But then you obviously got your guys like Jeremy Chin and Derek Brown, who made impacts right away. So, for me, it's just it's, – it's always – it's also just kind of not – you know, I'm not concerned, but it is Fitterer's first draft. We've done a great job in the past talking about, you talked about, you know, getting the best available. Now, here's my question to y'all. Is the best available right now, is there a chance that's not quarterback, depending upon where the pieces fall? Oh, I mean, depends on what you factor. What, where, well, I mean, what do you see your needs? How important are your needs now? Like, what, I still what, think what, offensive line is a huge need. Offensive line is a huge need. Like, and we and we forced that before, but who's available at that offensive line spot? Because I'm because of what we talked about before, you look at what the Titans are going with, with going through with Isaiah Wilson, man. You can go best, you can go best available at that spot, and offensive line is really tricky because, like I said, aside from like the top three to four guys, it ain't really. It's not like all of these guys turned into like a Tristan Works. A Tristan Works is like that's an anomaly to have a rookie be that good in year one. You don't. Yeah. You got a lot of guys that they they take some year, one, two or three years to develop. Who's the guy? Who's the, who's the guy that the, the Giants drafted not too long ago? Was it Eric Flowers? That was the, the, the tackle for them that, it, that was supposed to be a high draft pick. It was supposed to turn into the anchor of the offensive line. He never figured it out. And it was, this is tricky. I've seen us go cheap on offensive line and figure it out. Andrew Norwell was a, was a, was a, was a, was undrafted free agent. Mike Remmers, another cheap option. Like I've seen us be able to go cheap and figure it out. I'd rather go court. I, I just. I understand going off with the line because you want to fix that before you move forward with anybody. But quarterback seems to be more pressing, especially since you you obliterated your guy, your current guy so far. So you probably want you're gonna have to go quarterback in my mind. Yeah, it seems like it's going that way. Um, you know, just it seems like Teddy's not their guy, and after all this stuff that's been said, uh, it's kind of hard to like, eat their words and you know roll with Teddy this year. I think, you know, I think in the in the end, you know, if we do end up training for uh, Watson. Teddy's not going to be a part of the deal, and I think he'd be cut. Um, I don't think you know the Texans are going to want to make a move for him at all. So I think you know him being released could be the um, the most likely action if we get Watson. If we draft a quarterback, I think he'll stick around um, because that that was kind of what the design was originally. That was what the plan was when we signed his contract. Um, so we'll see what happens there. But you know this is a good year to 
to to do the quarterback thing. I mean, we got a couple teams in front of us that need quarterback, but there's a couple guys that are you know worthy of top ten picks this year. Unlike a lot of years where you know there probably isn't even one or two guys that are worth top ten picks, they just get boosted up so much. So for us to actually get a good value in the top ten this year, especially if it's just somebody that the staff likes, uh, they got to do it. They got to do it. But if they, you know if they're all the way out, every guy, um, yeah, they shouldn't force a pick at quarterback because we don't really need to. Um, there's always a way to figure it out at quarterback for this year, and uh, we can see how that plays out. But um, what I'm really hoping, and as we're talking about some of the media stories this week, um, uh, I've been seeing a lot of Mac Jones love and a lot of him rising up boards. Saw him in, I think it was Todd McShay's mock to us at uh, pick eight overall. Um, if we take Mac Jones at eight overall, our franchise will be set back five years. Yeah, That's all I got to say about that. Oh yeah, uh, do you I, think that, you, you think he becomes Jimmy Clausen two point puts us in a bad spot, and we get a big quarterback next year? The next year, <laughs> nobody can be Jimmy two point Nobody. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's a one of a kind talent, and that, that well, that's that's another thing here, and it's not obviously because twenty ten was a much different scenario. You had John Fox was leaving, the whole organization was turning around. We had a lot that was up in the air. But the way they went, I mean, it was a very aggressive draft that year. They drafted, what, three quarterbacks? <laughs> Only used one of them. Armani, they put at freaking at wide receivers, so we're not going to talk about it. Then you had Brandon LaFell coming at second. That, that was the year we drafted. Tony Greg Pike. To- oh, man, my goodness. Y'all been to forget about that boy, Tony Pike. Man, y'all playing, man. My goodness. And Eric Norman. I haven't Eric Norman that year. There you go. Eric. Oh, I miss. I do, too. But then you, and then you, oh, you remember David Geddes? Speaking of which. You know what a video I made? Is, uh, of course, the new fans don't rem- don't know it because they, they they weren't with us. But the video I made about the most, I, I think I think I said it was most underrated or careers cut short in Panthers history. David Geddes was nice, boy. I, I mean, I thought I had a lot of high hopes for him. I thought him and Cam and Brandon LaFell would have got the. I, that was initially the core I thought we were gonna have. You know, Cam, Brandon LaFell, David Geddes be, being those two receivers. I thought they were going to be the new version of uh, Moose Smitty I mean, and give, give us a nice little two-headed monster head into the future. But, but I mean, you know, things happen. I mean, and he was a Baylor man. I'm surprised Rule hasn't brought him on as a wide receiver coach yet. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> but you think about it, and because also, didn't, I mean, if I'm not mistaken, didn't Knighton play for Baylor as well? Is that, am I wrong there? Someone if we signed. Not, if I'm not mistaken, there is like some, somehow a Rule and Knighton connection somewhere. Someone we signed played. Uh, I, I think I don't want to say it was night and played for Baylor, which just all right. Well, I mean, like, come on, like you want to just keep pushing this narrative. And I mean, of course they're going to do that, but we actually, maybe. I, 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 oh, excuse me. Temple. That's where it was. There we I go. I figured it was Temple. Yeah. There we, if it wasn't Baylor, it was gotta be Temple, but getting back on track. So the thing with Jimmy Clawson, and again, and I'm going to let Todd speak about it. It's just interesting because Obviously, that worked out, and we didn't have a first round pick that year. We had he, we got him what I think it was forty eight overall. I think is yeah. what it was somewhere around there. Second round pick, yeah, yeah. Second round, they're, they're around. And um, I mean, he did. He and he wasn't. I mean, he wasn't graded that low. There was just a good amount of guys in that class. You know, we thought that was year we were we were hoping luck was going to fall into the draft, but he decided to sit out that year. So like, all right, screw it. We'll yeah. just get a guy in the second round. And I mean, there was I wouldn't say the highest upturn, but there was he had he obviously had potential. I know I know Tyler was happy about the pick when we got it, 
And then, of course, you see what happens. You go two and fourteen, which sets up for you know one of the best eras of Panthers history, where we get Cam Newton, which makes Jimmy Clausen the greatest quarterback of all time in Panthers history. Of course, but think about it the other way. Think if because um, that I mean that just year in general was insane for for the team. But think about if say you know he played to maybe what he was expected to do, wins five or six games at the most, and we're knocked out of that first round spot for number one overall spot, and we don't get Cam. I mean, think about just the, the idea behind that and say we do something not to that point this year where I think we're going to be – whoever we get this year is going to put us in you know, the number one overall spot. But say we get a guy this year, we shoot our shot here, and then miss out on what could be you know another Cam-like talent coming up. Obviously, it's big speculation. But Todd, what do you think? <laughs> yeah, you know, Jimmy Clausen did perform to what he was expected to. Um, you know, we probably have 10 Super Bowls right now, um, roughly. Uh, so, you know, we had to we had to kind of waver from that plan uh, after a couple games. Couldn't do that. With Jimmy. Um, yeah, yeah. So we had to get, get rid of him there. And, you know, he did get us Cam. Um, kind of playing for that strategy it was kind of hard for the franchise to – you know, because I don't think I don't think the franchise is going to roll PJ Walker out this year. You know, that that's almost a too obvious of a t- you know tag, and doesn't really give the fans something to something to hang their hat on. That's why, like for the Dolphins, Ryan Fitzpatrick or play for one of the teams that he's played for, Ryan Fitzpatrick is such a good quarterback for a team that's trying to you know almost tank because you know the fans are excited about it, but they're not going to win a lot of games. So something yeah. like so the Panthers doing that. Maybe like a mid-round guy, which you know I'm not big on the mid-round quarterback because with that with the quarterback it's either all or nothing. So yeah. and, you know that's why we you look at quarterbacks that have worked out that were second-round picks. The list is not very long, and so I think if, you know I, I'm really against taking a quarterback past the first, maybe late as a backup. But um, but yeah, I think if, if we get, if we're gonna get a guy for the future for this year, uh, we got to get him in the first round. No, I agree with that. I think so. It's just, it's just, I mean, you talk about like Mac, like that Mac Jones would be the one who scares. And that's the one I'm like, if he's the only, if, if the only quarterback on the board at that point is Mac Jones, then you're going, all right, let's get anybody else. Cause they're, I mean, like you talk about best available because the Panthers have done a great job of that in the past. McCaffrey, when we got him, you would, you could argue we didn't necessarily need a running back that year right there, but he was there. You got to get him. Same with Burns. I mean, obviously the defense needed some, you know, some youth, but you could also make the argument we didn't entirely need defensive end that particular year. And so, like, say, I mean, it's not to the point where, like, say, if, if Pitts was available, I'm, I don't know if I'd want to take him if, you know, unless there's no other quarterbacks on the board, then maybe, like, all right, cool, let's go get Pitts because, you know, why not? But it's just interesting. interesting that, that the Max, Mac is the one who scares me, I think, honestly, the most. <laughs> but I don't, I don't want nothing to do with no Matt Jones, man. I, I look, I just, I just, I really got to ask, like, what do people see in Matt Jones that, we didn't see in, let's say, AJ McCarron. That's what I, because you said. No, I think he's better than AJ McCarron. No, yeah. But I don't think there's that big of a gap. Like, AJ McCarron's a, a backup quarterback in this league. Like, he's, he's, a, he's a serviceable guy. I think Matt Jones would be a serviceable guy, but it's just, you look at the the, the direction of the league, and it, that would set you back. Like, like, like Tyler said, that would set you back five years because what does Matt Jones do that translates to, to into the, today's current game? Like, Throwing to Devontae Smith, don't tell me anything about what you do to translate over to the next level. Like the same way I feel, I mean, I feel that way about every Bama quarterback. I don't feel that too. I feel that the reason why Miami's so willing to, to move up to, to trade to is because I think they start to see that uh maybe, just maybe, playing with Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs, Devontae Smith may exacerbate how good you how good you may actually be. 
I think I, I, uh, I mean that that would just be a big mistake. That it, 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 this is a case of draft time get closing near and and everybody hitching their wagon to this one prospect. It's just it's kind of like a niche guy that everybody wants to all of a sudden fall in love with late in the process. And don't I just I would just behoove Carolina not to make that mistake. Yeah, because it's the it's the Bama you know paradox where you think oh he's got no success he must be a really good quarterback but he's special it's like kind of like like you talk about AJ McCarron the team and that's what like once AJ McCarron hit I was like okay maybe people will stop thinking of it because if you looked at the, I mean look at the team he had he had Derrick Henry that year he had mm-hmm. on, on the defense he had HaHa Clinton Dix he had I mean there was he had freaking um. Amari Cooper that year at wide receiver. I mean, that's who he was throwing to. He had guys like Landon Collins back there, and he had like CJ Mosley. He had an insane roster around him, and that's what helped facilitate that. Obviously, he's not a bad quarterback, but it doesn't mean he's going to propel you into what you think, and I think it's the same thing. I think that's what honestly maybe helped guys like Jalen Hurts where you go, okay, I'm going to go away from Bama, prove I can still be successful outside of Bama. And, I mean, his, his draft stocks, and you can see just how much, just leaving Bama, how much his draft stock got hurt. And somehow Tua was still put over him. You know, but I think I think him living better actually made him a better quarterback, though. Oh no, I definitely think it did too because you had to work the Oklahoma with. system made yeah. him a much better quarterback. So I think it just there is like there's a lot of avenues the Panthers can go this year that you know you would hope you hope any way they go is going to be something for the future. I think the problem though with the Panthers is they always say they're going to do all these things, especially this this you know class of the of the this of the front office always mm-hmm. says this and that and that and then we get something completely different. And I think Fitter is a bit more to his word than the rest of them are. Not to saying that they're against, you know, that they, they don't, you know, stay true to the word, but I mean, a little bit. We had, what was that string of like five different things over the last off season where they said one of them was a guy and then boom, that guy was cut. They say this, whether they're, they're going to keep him, boom, he was gone. Like, I, I feel what Matt Rule said, they come by. <laughs> exactly. We, I mean, the, the receipts are all there for us to, to peruse if we want to. It's yeah. just interesting to see. Now, I mean, you talk about quarterbacks in late rounds and, you know, second or third rounds and, you know, obviously not having a whole lot of, there's, it's very hard to get success there. One of the guys obviously, you know, is the best, advocate for having success there success there is russell wilson and but i don't know if y'all any at all believe any of the trade hype around him i don't think i think it's all just you know hearsay man i don't know i feel like partially some of russell wilson's problem is on it on him though because if you watch some of these guys he he'll he will run out of a clean pocket like i've watched yeah. russell i've watched russell try to create something that didn't necessarily necessarily have to be created and, but but he, he does have a point about what Pete Carroll and them are trying to do with their offense. They do need to allow him to be that guy, but you do need but you do need you do need, you do need to, you know at least create an offense that doesn't rely so much on play action and long passes over the top. But I don't really see them. There's nobody they're not trading him away, bro. No, it's no way. I I, I just couldn't see if you're Seattle, why? Yeah, you no, yeah. Why, why just paid you? You just got paid, my dog. You you will stay here. He's the whole team. He's the whole team. We ain't gonna give you up, right? I mean, what 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 does Seattle look like without Russell Wilson? Though? Like that, none of that roster looks very like tempting to have if Russell Wilson isn't there. They look like the years in between, you know, Matt Hasselbeck leaving at the end of his career and then Russell Charlie Wilson coming up. Charlie Whitehurst. Oh my gosh, clipboard, <laughs> clipboard, Jesus! <laughs> but no, exactly. And that's see, that's one of the things about that has always hurt Cam. It's hurt Russell. It's hurt Lamar. And it's what you just talked about. I don't think any team has found, for the most part, the fine line between allowing the quarterback to do what they can do and and these mobile quarterbacks allowing them to play to their strengths and then relying on it too much. You know what I'm saying? Or, you know, because like some, you have certain areas, especially with the cam, where they were like, they would beat it out. Like they let him do it at the beginning and then they would beat it out of him going, you got to stay in the pocket. You got to stay in the pocket to the point where Cam would get blown up. You see it in Lamar too and you see it in Russell Wilson because they don't get, but then they go, 
well, now we need you to be that guy. We It's third and 15. Hey, I need you to run 30 yards to get this first down. Yeah. I think the only time anyone really came close was maybe Seattle's championship year against the Broncos. I mean, the years against the Broncos and Patriots. But even then, that offense was facilitated by allow, having insane defenses and allowing Marshawn to still do it. Lamar never really had it. He was either run everything or don't do it. I think the only one that really came close, if, if I'm being a little bit biased, was – up and, and not even that because it's still, you know, he got hurt and the injury it was honestly 2016, 2017 when Cam did get hurt when we had the North Turner offense. I think North had found that beautiful fine line between allowing, you know, creating the plays that allowed Cam to run everywhere around the field, but then also being able to get those passes deep downfield when needed. I think the NFL yep. still needs to figure that out. That's why you have guys like, R, you know, RG3 and you got guys like, you know, Cam that uh, can barely walk anymore because of how much they've been hurt. It, the league still hasn't caught up. Fully to this this brand of quarterbacks, like I think, like Deshaun Watson is a little bit different because he's more of a pocket passer than he is a runner. He just can't. He can just, he can run extremely well. But the guys that are strict, that were strictly run first type. Well, not I don't want to say run first, but they were just run heavy type of guy. Like design runs. They the league is these coordinators still they're still struggling to find that balance, like you said. And that's why that's always been a big argument when everyone was like, you know, we never seen, no one's ever done what Lamar's done. Well, that's a lie. And everyone was like, you know, no, the, the thing was, and when people kind of try to downgrade what Cam brought to the game, because before Cam, you really only had, like, you had some instances, but you had these guys like, it was, it was either one end or the other. Michael Vick was, he never had design runs. He was just, it was backyard football for him. Yeah, he was just running. And then you had guys like Donovan McNabb and Steve McNair where they were they tried to keep them in the pocket and make them pocket passers, but they could get out there when they needed to be. But they, there was always something holding them back. And I don't think that's why no three of those guys were able to get, you know, a ring because of how yeah. they were having to do that. I think if you had the mindset, I think if you had a guy, say you had a guy like a, I mean, I, I, I mean, just, just Joe Brady, how he, re- like, you know, how he brings like that, that, that modern college style of offense. To a guy like a Steve McNair that has the ability to run the ball and it and is one of the best and is one of the better passes in the game. Like I, I mean, you you talk about there's a bunch of guys, a bu- bunch of the mobile quarterbacks that would have had championship hardware by now if the league would if the league would have caught up to what their skill set was at the time. Because that's what Cam brought to the game, and you can talk about it, Tyler. He brought the college into the game of these design quarterback runs. You didn't see a design quarterback run in the NFL, Pat, circa 2010. You didn't get you you bear, you did not get that to where it had after Cam. And you saw a lot of people try to replicate it. And Russell and RG three, Andrew Luck, and you know Andrew Luck and RG and Russell Wilson, like okay, we can't do this anymore. We have to do you know you got. And I mean, Russell still was able to make it work a little bit, but just I mean, that's what always I've thought. Is why Cam was so special. The league could talk. There've been people, you know, talking back and forth about Hall of Fames for Cam. I don't think he's first ballot. I don't even think he's second oh, yeah. or third ballot. But I think he's still he's in there. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's the game's always changing. As we've seen it in the past, you know, five ten years with people saying that you know the college game is the college game, the NFL is the NFL. But now you watch you watch on Saturday, then you watch on Sunday, and it's the same thing. You know, Saturday is, it's basically professional football, and a lot of this stuff, um, you know, people like the thing you know most scheme stuff starts at the nfl and works its way down but you know some of this new stuff it's working its way up even from like the high school level getting to the nfl um so you know that you know coordinators are becoming smarter and um more willing to take from the college level especially because a lot of them that's where they started that's where the roots are and that's just what they know and um something we've seen at quarterback now because of the speed of the game because of these new systems is um you need to be athletic at quarterback you can't just be a statue in the pocket anymore um and that that doesn't mean you're going to be running quarterback 
power option every play like Lamar Jackson, but uh, you got to have some mobility to get in and out of the pocket, um, make guys miss, and or else you're not going to be successful. That's why I think guys like a Kyle Trask or you know Mac Jones has some athleticism to him, but not not I don't think enough. In my opinion, he doesn't have enough athleticism to to really meet that threshold of what you need at the next level. No, I definitely think that. And you can see it even in guys who are supposed to be just pocket passers and supposed to be just game managers and guys like Ryan Tannehill or Josh Allen. They, I mean, they are both, they can take off and run when they need to. And they've, and they've shown that and be able to propel their success for their teams because of that. And so I think that's why the quarterback position is becoming so, it's just so great. And I, cause it's so, it's either you build on your success off your quarterback or you also got to build a team around to let that quarterback be successful. And that's what I'm, that's why I'm a bit more confident in whoever we would get at quarterback coming up, or at least I thought I was because I was confident with Teddy because I thought we built a team around him. But I think we've built, you know, definitely more giving whoever who's going to be at the quarterback hell more weapons than Cam ever got in, in his oh, year. Yeah. And, and, and at any point, both on offense and then obviously the defenses, there's still a little bit left to be desired. But Cam never had a defense this young. The Panthers haven't had a defense this young since probably the Cardiac Cats, I would imagine. And even then, they had some. Honestly, because if you think about all of our best defenses, really were based off of free agents. Yeah, if, if we're being honest, I mean, we we would we would grab our 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 cornerstones like a Peppers and and, and a Keekly, but what we would do after that is just you know go go cheap everywhere else and just figure it out. Like Mike Mitchell in 2013, he had a great year. We had what, what hell, Melvin White. Who was the other guy? We had so many corners that 2013 year that played. Um, I mean, I mean, but I mean, we 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 really what we I mean, we've never had a team. Uh, defense is just, was just all homegrown talent, like all just guys that we drafted. I mean, I'm excited to see what they, what, what they can produce. I mean, really, you know, the guys I'm really excited. I'm, I mean, not excited, but I'm just intrigued by like if, if they have, if they take the next step, we can really go somewhere. Yator and Bravion Roy. Bravion, we got him like the sixth round. He turns out to be something that's a steal. And Yator, I think even where we got Yator, I mean, I think if he can turn into something opposite of Brian Burns, and anchor that and anchor that front. It will give you that second coming of Mike Rucker and Julius Peppers. Peppers being the 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 dominant pass rusher, and Mike Rucker being a anchor kind of run stop, kind of run stopping, not as flashy of a pass rusher, but it gets the job done type of guy. No, definitely. I think it's exactly what you're talking about. I mean, you talk about the defenses. I mean, that's what we did in 2015, and we were trying to do, kind of re- like do what the Bucks did this year, just with a little bit more veteran presence. We went cheap. We went, you know, towards the guys who are at the end of your career. I mean, that defense. If you think, we had Roman Harper, we had Charles Tillman, we had Cortland Finnegan, we had Jared Allen, we had Jericho Cotchery, all of those guys playing and playing and making impactful roles. Don't get me wrong; they had they made plays oh, for that yeah. team. We that was why we were we had the most. That was one of the reasons why we had the most turnovers of any defense that year is because Charles Tillman would come out of nowhere and get a pick. Roman Harper, we get to pick every once in a while, and we had the rush. So I'm not against that, but it is nice to know now, like, in my mind, like, we talk about how there is a window, but there was, like, with the window back in 2015, you know, the 2017, it was like, okay, we have to do this or else we're ruining, you know, we're losing these guys and we're kind of, you know, just kind of smirching their career. With the window this time, it's like we just have a window of advantage. We can take, you know, flip to the first, top of the league or, you know, top of the NFC South, maybe even top of the NFC if we make certain moves. But even if we don't, we still have that window. We've got these guys for the next 10 years, hopefully, if we keep everyone together in terms of, I mean, offense and defense. So I think there's a lot to be excited about. I think I don't like, I think Panthers are just, I think we're talking a lot. Panthers fans are talking a lot because we're not used to being this excited or this anxious or having so much going on. We're not, we don't, we don't, we don't like to be in the, we say we like to be in the spotlight, but we don't really like to be in the spotlight. Yeah. yeah I'm scared of it. I ain't gonna lie. 
<laughs> it is very, it is very scary. But we're gonna keep coming. You know, like we said, we'll probably take a break a little bit in the offseason. We gotta, we even we gotta take a break too. You don't think we, you might not think we, we, you know, get tired of talking about it. And we don't get tired of talking about it, but we, should, we, we might to take a break. We'll give you a couple more episodes, and of course, probably the minute we take a break, that's when something's gonna happen with Deshaun because that's what's happened to us almost every week. We've done this podcast, but. For all the updates, everything we've got going on, we've got some stuff in the works for the fans as well. And we just want to say how much, you know, even into this wow, 18th episode of the network, how much we appreciate listening, every single one of y'all listening to us and continuing to put up with our rants and rant with us. And if there's anything that y'all want to talk about or you want to be on the podcast, remember, just DM us, give us a little bit about yourself, maybe even a picture, and we'll work that out with y'all. But until next time, everybody, keep pounding.